Welcome back to another edition of the Red Line Podcast. I'm going to be the host today, I guess now. Well, not usually the host going to be the hosting duties today. Alex Schwarzky joined, as always, by my good pal, Justin Turpin. Big weekend for us. Uh, we'll get into it later on. But uh, big weekend for you. Uh, what happened? What was going on? And uh, how you doing? Um, a big weekend is right. Um on the on the you know the the passive income side for us not a not a good weekend uh to say the least for me uh, i don't know about you i mean you had a a little bit of a, a a slip up on your uh on your slip uh if you care to tell the people what you did on that uh <laughs> we'll we'll give a little cliff a cliffhanger there all right we'll, but, we'll uh... have them wait until the until we uh address the nfl segment for that one um you know, another week, another day closer to our uh, adventure. Getting excited to head out to Farmington, Connecticut, be uh, be living with you. So it's going to be exciting. So another day closer. We're getting real close, but doing all right, Alex. How are you? Doing all right. 10 to 3 work day today. Had my first famous encounter at the, uh, at the counter. How uh, ironic. Met uh, Keith Yandel defenseman star defenseman for the florida panthers that was a uh, cool moment there never really uh what brings him up here i was starstruck i don't know he's a golfer he, he's from milton he's a milton oh, okay. guy right. so he's he's a local but uh i was starstruck i never had uh encountered celebrity or athlete face to face like that so uh really oh yeah i think it, we've had this conversation where you you hadn't met many celebrities no I, i've been i've been kept Behind closed doors with most celebrities here. Obviously, we talked to a uh, friend of the program, uh, NFL veteran offensive lineman, Ted Larson, of course. But uh, obviously, over the phone or over Skype, a little different. But uh, anyway, enough about me, enough about my day. Uh, talk about a Sunday you had hit close to home. Your guy, LeBron, not my guy, getting his. Number four, the Lakers winning six, four games to two against the Miami Heat in a routing, I'd say, last night. Yeah, this game wasn't even close. Um, I feel like every time you looked up, every time I was watching the Sunday night game and the finals, I had both going, and I was like, wow, the Lakers, this is the Lakers team that everyone was kind of expecting to just kind of steamroll Miami. Miami had a hell of a run, and there's not there's not enough credit you can give that team. What Jimmy Butler did, uh, just, you know, what he, he, he rested 40 seconds or something in game five. 46 seconds or something like they had an incredible run. But again, this is just, this was the Lakers and this was their year. I mean, they had it cut out. I mean, it's sports work in such, such amazing ways. And with the loss of Kobe, I mean, was there anyone that was really in doubt that the, the Lakers would win the title? Um, I think that's a, a conversation to be had. I, I certainly it's, you know, you've seen things like uh, 2013 with the Red Sox, with the Boston Marathon. Uh, the Yankees coming up just short in 01 after 9-11. D. Gordon, the, the first, uh, first at-bat post-Jose Fernandez's death. D. Gordon hits his first and only home run of the season. I feel like sports always work in those, those amazing ways. And, you know, it's not like this was a like, a, like oh, they only did this because of Kobe's passing away. I mean, this team was – Obviously, one of the favorites to win to begin with, but it's just kind of that added push. And, you know, you get all these veterans, too. Um, you know, 
I got I gotta address this real quick on the topic of the NBA. You know, a lot of people calling it the Mickey Mouse uh, championship or the Mickey Mouse ring. Yeah, yeah, they wanted it to yes, but I don't think you can you can overlook how challenging this bubble is. You know, these guys have been away from their families. I mean, if Lakers and Heat, you know, they get there in mid July. It is now October. They finish the season on October eleventh. You don't see your family all that time. I mean, the select Jimmy Butler didn't bring his family in. As far as I know, LeBron didn't either. Um, I didn't really. I didn't see. I think Bronny because Bronny's awaiting the ass kicking of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still waiting for that. Probably coming later later today, if not tomorrow. So, I mean, being away from that, you know, there's nothing. You're just strictly focused on basketball. You're only surrounded by those guys. This is honest. This is. I don't think there's any. Uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of people like even editing like a little asterisk on the NBA Finals trophy on the Larry O'Brien. That, that that's there's no asterisk on this. This is as tough a championship to win than any other. To to be in that bubble that long, keep that focus. I mean, it, it's crazy. I mean, what these guys had to give up. I mean, obviously, look at the NFL. I mean, you're carrying all these people. Yes, they're having some COVID problems, but they're through five um, five weeks today or tomorrow, rather, they have a Tuesday game this week. After this, they are through five weeks of football in their home markets. And uh, MLB, they're in the playoffs in their home markets. As we, We've talked about this kind of before of the, on the topic of the home markets. But it's, it's, it's fascinating what these guys have to do. And it really is a tough test. And so I don't think there's any asterisks on this whatsoever. And, and this is just a great win for the Lakers. Um, LeBron gets his fourth, fourth finals MVP, does it with three different teams. That's my guy. That's the GOAT. Uh, he's certainly up there. I mean, I don't know how you – the MJ-LeBron debate is still very real. Of course, LeBron winning another MVP, uh, finals MVP, 41 minutes, 28 points, another triple-double, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. Uh, Rajon Rondo. Playing 30 minutes, 19 points, four, four rebounds, and four assists. Of course, he was five for five, six for six, seven for seven at one point. Very impressive for uh, someone who's been forgotten about, I'd say. But he was a crucial part in this team. Obviously, Anthony Davis uh, being a heavy contributor, two-headed monster over there in L.A. But, I mean, I don't think anything was more impressive than the Heat's win in game five. Or, yeah, game five and Jimmy Butler playing the whole game. I mean, that, if that wasn't – and if you saw the video on – I think it might have been ESPN – of him limping, just his legs being completely drained off of the, the off post-game the interview. Yep. I mean, that is – if that isn't hard work, dedication, and just being an overall, like, team guy, I don't know what is. And he, he should get some much-needed respect – Around the NBA, one, certainly he's a baller, two, and, and especially Miami. I mean, him just kind of coming on the scene and Absolutely. not more or less carrying them. I, I think your take overall on Jimmy Butler, I think he's been a baller coming into Miami. But now looking back on it, what uh, is that take justified that he he carried them, I'd say? I mean, he was their leader. I wouldn't necessarily say he carried them. Tyler Harrow picked up a lot of a lot of the load um bam out of bio they have good players on that team i mean we've been preaching that the whole time you know this team is very talented but you know what jimmy butler and all of his past situations 
They've said that he's been the problem. Jimmy Butler has been that cancer. And he took this Miami team, and he was their leader. They knock off the Milwaukee Bucks, and then they go into a hard-fought seven-game series against the Boston Celtics, beat them, and then they take the Lakers to six. They Look, again, you can't give this team enough credit, and especially Jimmy Butler, uh, Tyler Harrell being the first player born in the 2000s to play in an NBA Finals game. He played great. I mean, they still took the Lakers to six games without Bam Adebayo for two games, without Goran Dragic. Uh, he didn't play much last night. Obviously, he's tore, playing with like a torn plantar fascia or something, whatever it may be. Uh, he only played 19 minutes. I mean, he he's there. He's there, he's a starter, and Goran Dragic is an All Star. So, it, it, what this team did is incredible, and it's it's big for Jimmy Butler because every like I said. Every past situation he's been on, they it's been blamed on him. He's been the problem. And he proved, like, he's not – he could put it together and work with these teams. At Butler, I mean, he was – he was the cog in the wheel. And he was, you know, for the most part, off of the score sheet last night. I, again, I think it's just the, the simple idea that he was completely gassed from playing 48 minutes the night before. Playing 45 last night, 5 of 10, 12 points, 7 boards, and 8 assists. I mean, the Heat, I think they just ultimately ran out of gas. I mean, like, I, I don't think there's any, you know, trying to stop LeBron, trying to stop Anthony Especially Davis. Especially with all those injuries on the, on the, for the Miami Heat. And I, I think just, I think the well of making these big-time three-point shots and driving to the bucket, and I think it just overwhelmed them, you know, coming into, you know, a series with the Los Angeles Lakers where they have, you know, Lakers have as cliche as it is the Mamba mentality. They're a playoff team. They have pieces that have won, uh, you know, each individual player has won many rings, but combined on that team, the playoff experience on that team, guys like Rondo guys like LeBron James. I mean, Markeith Morris, Dwight Howard, playoff experience at least. I mean, Jeff Smith too. I mean, you know, didn't get a ton of time throughout the bubble. I mean, it's just that 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 mentality that they have, the Lakers. And did I expect this? Did anybody expect this to go to six? No, probably not. I mean, it's it's probably fair that four or five would five. five would have done it. But the Heat ultimately run out of gas. I don't think they ever really had a chance of winning it. I mean, after game five, I was like, eh, well, I mean, could they push it? Definitely. But I think the Heat, you know, depending on how that team goes, I'm not sure of the contracts coming into next year. I think they're a team to stay. I think they're a team to kind of linger around. And if Jimmy Butler can keep his kind of – his vibe and his feng shui of what, what, he's, what he did in the bubble, they can add one more piece, and I think they're a serious contender. Now, I just want to backtrack to a point that you made, and I think – you hit it 100% that, you know, you were saying all these guys in the Lakers, they've all been there. They've all, they all have the playoff experience, which I think goes a long way, especially given this bubble, bubble environment. If you look, you know, LeBron James, obviously been there. Danny Green, he's been there. KCP, been there. Morris, Howard, Rondo, they've all been there. They've all know what it's like to go into the finals. No, it's different. Playoff basketball is different. And, you know, the Heat are so young and they took this team, to six games and 
I think like you were saying that Miami, they're, you know, they're one big piece away or one piece away. Now, here's the thing is that I think with them taking Miami to six games, I mean, I'm sorry, them taking the Lakers to six games. I mean, do they come more of an appealing free agency spot? I mean, who doesn't want to live in Miami? I mean, maybe not right now with all the COVID, but who doesn't want to go and live in Miami? I mean, I, I would I would rather live in Miami than I would in Boston. I mean, cold cold as hell here. I mean, all you got to worry about down there is the hurricanes and sharks and yeah. COVID. Now. And you can avoid full, all that stuff too. Full, full capacity. But, I mean, does Miami become a, a more appealing spot to free agents? I think it absolutely does. I think uh, we're definitely in – agreement here i mean i don't think miami was ever necessarily a place you didn't want to go i mean you got eric spolster who's been holding it down there for forever ultimately i mean there there hasn't been been the organization 20 years yeah there hasn't been any issue there with the you know who's coaching and who's calling the shots but they think they just never ever since well lebron had his cup of coffee they had the identity of being a, a contender but ever since he left i mean they don't really have an identity. I mean, they had Dwayne Wayne hanging around there. He was a ride or die. But after then, I mean, that was about it. I mean, prior to this year, though, I mean, what was the biggest the biggest contract I could, off the top of my head? I mean, maybe because it just seemed so ridiculous in the moment. But Kelly Olenek signing like a three-year, $50 million deal with the Miami Heat was probably like the biggest contract that I can think of prior to this year off my off the top of my head. And the guy, he didn't – Kelly didn't even really play. This was coming off um, – the year when he dropped like twenty seven in game se- uh, game seven against I think it was Washington. Yep. So I think yeah, he that was the same year they gave after that they gave him a three year uh, $50, 50 million dollar deal for Kelly Olynyk as Celtics fans. We were like, whoa, like <laughs> yeah, oh, we weren't oh. going to pay him that money. <laughs> no, hell no, and he didn't even really play. And so no, he was, was a bench guy. Right? No, he was a bench guy, but he like there was a couple of times where like. And from obviously, I don't watch every Miami Heat game, but when I watch, I watch almost every Celtics game. And every, I went to a couple of Miami Heat games, and um, there was, was like Kelly just didn't check in because I was like, well, I want Kelly to check in so like he can try pulling up and we can get like wild real quick. Mm-hmm. Back back when fans were allowed in the stands uh, at full capacity, that is only in Miami you can do that. Um, it's just, it, I just think Miami, I mean, like you said, you know, who doesn't want to go to Miami? It's probably one of the most appealing markets there are. Uh, like it, look, you Denver, like it's cold there in the winter. Boston's cold. New York's cold. All these cold places. I mean, that if you think that doesn't factor into a player's decision, you're just wrong. Oh, hundred percent. But Miami Heat, they stuck around, beat the Los Angeles. Well, did not beat. They gave the Los Angeles Lakers a fight. Uh, I don't think it was any doubt that they weren't gonna. I mean, that the Lakers were going to lose. But uh, there were certainly flashes of hope there for Miami fans, and I think they certainly got lucky uh, with how things went, how bounces went for them. But that's, that's just a game of basketball. That's just sports in general. But, hey, they gave, yeah. they gave LeBron James and Anthony Davis a, a good fight. And, and I'll wrap the NBA segment up with this. The future is bright in Miami. It, with what the talent they've got now and kind of the culture that they might have just uh, identified, they might have just found themselves. Uh, this is a team that if you look at that, you know, players are going to want to be around that. And um, the future is definitely bright in Miami. I can definitely see them landing a big free agent this year. And uh, as a Celtics fan, 
I mean, the Sixers aren't a problem anymore. I mean, I mean not that they ever were, but especially with Doc Rivers. You guys know how my feeling on Doc Rivers are. Um, Celtics, I mean, look out for Miami. They're, they're a good team. Yeah. The future's bright. Absolutely. I mean, you and I were kind of under the impression that we would steamroll them and, you know, five or six games in the, right, in, the, in the conference final. But, boy, were we wrong. And, I, you know, what? it still gives me nightmares to think, what happens if Bam Adebayo doesn't block that? Doesn't block Jason Tatum in Game One? What happens? What what ends up happening in that series? Who knows? Who who knows? Who and knows? And you know what? To me, that'll always keep me up at night. What if Jason Tatum dunked on Bam Adebayo? Like, what if they scored? What if they didn't hold the ball the eighteen seconds and take a step back three <laughs> from three foot three feet behind the uh, the behind the arc? I mean, what if? It'll always keep me up. You know, game one, we win game one. Oh, I don't know. It'll it'll always give me nightmares. Yep, and we will uh, certainly close that. The hypothetical book there. Lakers, NBA champions, NBA bubble champions. With a final score, 106 to 93. We'll move into the NFL here. Uh, another weird week full of COVID. Uh, we'll touch on that real quick. Uh, Patriots getting pushed back, obviously. Uh, only real major adjustment of the week. Uh, obviously, Tennessee being moved to Tuesday, which is uh, should be a good game no matter what, depending upon who's healthy, who's not. Patriots getting moved to next Sunday. This week will be their bye week, of course, uh, this past week or this past weekend. And we had a uh, pretty, I wouldn't say lame slate, but uh, we had... No huge surprises, maybe one or two. Oh, I don't know. There was a couple of big ones. I think this was a big upset week. Well, uh, there were one or two big upsets, I'd say, for the most part. But uh, we'll get right into it here. Uh, I, do I think want, I do want to, real quick, before we get into the games yesterday, I do want to say that um, the Patriots getting their bye week pushed to week five. I mean, week, this week, week four, really isn't that big of a deal because their bye week was originally week five. So it's only a matter of a week, and bye weeks actually do start on week four, as we saw Green Bay was on the bye this week. So, yeah, they got a long, uh, not feel bad. Uh, early bye weeks suck, but, um, you know, they, it's really, it could have been worse. Like Pittsburgh, they didn't even have any cases. Their bye week, week three. Week three, they're going to play 13 straight. And, I mean, yeah, they're 4-0 right now, but, I mean, if I had to guess, it's going to be Kansas City or Baltimore getting that one first-round bye. There's only one now, so... Pittsburgh having to play, they play week three's their bye. They got to play 13 straight. Then they go right into playoffs. So they don't have another bye week the rest of the season, no matter how far they go. Unless they make it to the Super Bowl, they'll have the Pro Bowl bye week. That's it. So it could have been worse. And I think, especially for the Patriots, you know, us being fans, obviously we get another week for Cam Newton to uh, get those antibodies, get healthy, and he'll be back more than likely next Sunday. But anyway. We'll start back to Thursday. I don't know if I'd call this – it's certainly an upset. It's not a huge upset as a uh, couple other games this week, or couple meaning actually couple as in two games, I think. The Chicago Bears, 4-1 and one Chicago Bears now beating Tampa Bay, Tampa Brady, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 20-19 to 19 in a uh, – Game that came down to uh, mental errors and uh, one senile, quite possibly mental error. 
Yeah, I would say this is an upset. I, I wouldn't say it's as big as an upset as some of the other games. Um, Cairo Santos hitting a 38-yard field goal with like a minute and 13 seconds remaining. Um, this The Bucks they they were injury-rattled. They couldn't get the ball moving, obviously putting up 19 points. Um, Brady forgetting what down it is. Allegedly, Bruce Arians denying that. Bruce Arians saying he absolutely knew. He knew. He knew is what Bruce Arians says. So, Weird thing, uh, refuses to shake Nick Foles' hand again. Again, yep. Twitter blowing up. That's no way to treat your daddy, they said. But, I mean, hey, maybe he's scared of COVID. I don't know. Uh, Nick Foles deserves a damn handshake. Amen, amen. I mean, he's 2-0. Nick Foles 2-0 in the past, what, three years against Tom Brady. In in the prime of Tom Brady's 40-year-old career. it's, It's Nick Foles. Jake Plummer, Brian Greasy, and one more quarterback that are 2-0 and or haven't lost to Brady and have multiple wins. There's four quarterbacks. There's Nick Foles, Brian Greasy, Jake Plummer, and one other, and I forget who it is. But that that was a stat. So, Nick Foles, you got great company there with Brian Greasy and Jake Plummer. There you go, buddy. Two, two big wins, <laughs> two monumental wins. I mean, the Bears going a 4-1 and one and a Super Bowl victory. I mean, which one was more important at this point? You can't be serious. I mean, when when has a Bears team had this hot of a start against such a prime opponent? And where they sure I mean, didn't beat the Eagles. That, that's for sure. I mean, they Double brought point. the Eagles their first Super Bowl in franchise history. I mean, he just kind of he, he. I I think I see where you. I'm going just with trying to play this. devil's advocate. That's I, the hopes I, here. I see where you are going. You are going with there. But you know what? The Chicago team. Yes, they're four and one. Are they a four and one team though? No. I mean, if you're gonna they take a page out of if you're gonna take a page out of Tom Brady and myself, twelve and four Patriots, he said we are the worst eight and Patriots team of all time. Uh, this could be the worst four and one Chicago Bears team of all time. Right. I mean, what they beat? They had a comeback against Atlanta, which seemingly uh, a local high school team can do that. It doesn't oh, take man. much to, to make a comeback on the Atlanta Falcons who finally fired Dan Quinn as of yesterday. So it doesn't take much for that. They beat the Giants, um, Tampa Bay, and what was their, their – their, they lost the Colts where they didn't get anything going. And I don't think the Colts are as great as people are making them out to be. And what was their their fourth win? Uh, well, I forget, Tampa really, Bay. Tampa Bay, the Giants, the Falcons, and one more. They lost to the Colts. I, I forget who – regardless, they, they – Straight the schedule. I mean, Tampa Bay was probably the best opponent they've played. A win's a win, especially against a team like Tampa Bay. But uh, they were – I'm not making any excuses. Tampa Bay, I mean, they made mental errors. Like you said, it came down to mental errors. They couldn't move the ball. They were injured. But, I mean, that's a win's a win. But I think that's the first time they've really beaten a a, a, a good opponent. You know, like the Giants, obviously. They, 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 they had three touchdowns in the year, I'm pretty sure, going into yesterday's game, where they finally decided to score touchdowns. Um, so, Chicago Bears, quite possibly the worst 4-1 team in the league right now. Not even quite possibly. They definitely are. They are not a 4-1 team. So, I, I don't know if you agree with that. No, I don't. I, I mean, I don't think – I see a fraud. I sniff out a fraud when – as soon as I see them. And this is fraud written all over it. I oh, mean, they, yeah, might, they might go 13-3, and three, you know, get the bye and get bumped by whomever the wild card is. I mean, there, there is, there is a ton of competition in the NFC. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they saw Tampa Bay somewhere in the standings or maybe 
even in the playoffs. But, I mean, you have teams like Green Bay. You have teams like Seattle. I mean, New Orleans, we'll have to see what they do tonight. But they're always hanging around. I mean, it, I don't know about Dallas you know, now, of course. But, I mean, there's always yeah. teams in the NFC hanging around. And it, Chicago Bears, as of right now, fraud. Absolutely. I mean, when Nick Foles is 2-0, brings you one of those, two of those wins. Uh, you know what's weird, though? You know, we're already we, we're through five weeks. Uh, uh, like I Almost. Said, as of Tuesday, we're through five weeks. They're sitting at 4-1. and one. They The hunt for a playoff spot is extended, obviously, because you have that added playoff spot. That's going to make things a lot different. So if the Bears can sneak out just a couple more wins, this team we could see in the playoffs – then I'd get a little worried because I don't. I never want to see Nick Foles in the playoffs. I mean, you know what he did, obviously, when they beat the Patriots. And then the year after, they go back, uh, they get to the playoffs, had Alshon Jeffrey not had the ball go right through his hands, get picked off by the New Orleans defender. What would have happened? Exactly. Who knows how far they would have went? You sure love your hypotheticals, but enough bear talk. Enough, obviously. We'll that, move on. That went a little longer <laughs> because our boy Tom Brady who doesn't know how to count to five, apparently. But, uh, Bears win 20 to 19. Bears go 4 and 1, first place NFC East, North. Uh, NFC North. NFC North. Anyway, NFC it, East is a dumpster fire. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, speaking of the NFC East, uh, Carolina Panthers, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Atlanta Falcons do not sniff this game even once. Uh, they lose 23 to 16. They are now 0 and 5. Carolina, a sneaky. Uh, three and two. Teddy B, 313 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Atlanta was the one point favorite uh, coming into Killed. the game. They ended up winning. They ended up being two and a half point favorites. Uh, they, I don't know. I know Julio obviously played somewhat of a factor, but Carolina somehow, I mean, going from rags to riches all of a sudden, past two weeks. Three straight wins for the Carolina Panthers. They looked like a well coached team. As for Atlanta, first 0-5 start for the uh, since 1997. Uh, I think it's long overdue. They finally fired Dan Quinn way overdue. Um, I think he's on a short leash after blowing a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, way overdue. Carolina Panthers, Teddy Bridgewater's look good. Uh, and this remember, this is three straight without Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. It's so, similar to uh, another situation Teddy Bridgewater was in. Of course, uh, a little different, but... I mean, they got McCaffrey back. I mean, they've and, pretty much jump-started their offense. Right. And they, like I said, you know, they look like a well-coached team. Matt Rule's doing a great job. For a team that selected all defensive players in the NFL draft this, this past year, they look pretty good on offense. And Rule's a defensive coach. Uh, but they look good. And, um, again, this is another team. You know what? With the hunt being extended – I don't think they're a threat to anybody in the playoffs. I think this team, I mean, you could, yeah, they might win seven, eight games, but I don't think they're a threat to anybody. But you know what? We'll see. I mean, they look they look good. They're not a team to take lightly, but, uh, again, they're not a threat, I don't think. Anyway. Uh, yeah, and I'm not going to start with going back on my Teddy Bridgewater overrated, overpaid edition, but 313 yards and two TDs, very valuable effort there from uh, Teddy B., uh, speaking of no surprises, uh, I don't think that was a surprise game at all. Uh, Cardinals win 30-10 to against the New York Jets. Uh, Arizona finally getting on the winning track. Kyler Murray, 380 yards, a touchdown, interception, and a uh, rushing touchdown. 
DeAndre Hopkins, notably 131 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Phenomenal one-handed catch from DeAndre Hopkins. Joe Flacco uh, did what he had to do. Uh, I don't see Sam Donald doing much better than a touchdown to Jamison Crowder. But, uh, yeah, certainly no surprise now, Joe, there. Uh, Joe, they, they Joe are you going to let me host? Go ahead. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. But Arizona coming in, touchdown favorite. I mean, I don't think it was any surprise that uh, Arizona coming in, winning by 20. I think there was certainly a lock of the week. Joe Flacco, I mean, 33 passing attempts for 195 yards. I mean, other than Jamison Crowder, there's not a whole lot of uh, bright sides for the Jets. They had Le'Veon Bell come back. Only got Your the boy ball. Braxton Berrios. Yeah, only got the ball 13 times. Le'Veon Bell did. Uh, Berrios, I don't know where he was, but uh, not sure if you saw this or not. But Le'Veon Bell was um, liking stuff on Twitter about him not getting the ball enough. Remember, remember that Le'Veon Bell took less money than he would have gotten with Pittsburgh to go to the Jets. So this is his own damn fault. This is his own stupidity. And I wonder how his rapping career is going because I haven't heard anything from uh, – I don't even know his rap name. No, nope, me either. I haven't heard anything. But certainly, I mean, 16 carries. I mean, I know they didn't – time of possession's big. I know they probably didn't have the ball a whole ton. But 16 carries. This is a team that let the Detroit Lions, granted the turnovers, trump them at home. I mean, this defense is not – Blowing people away. Le'Veon Bell only getting 16 carries. Adam Gase, I mean, I don't know how this guy isn't on the hot seat. He has all the tools. Well, he has more tools than – less tools than Dan Quinn, but he's been a consistent loser longer than Dan Quinn. And Dan Quinn was the second coach to go this week, obviously, behind Bill O'Brien. Adam Gase is going to be getting there. He's hitting that 0-5. Obviously, not many – right even close games i mean denver might have been the closest ones they're getting destroyed week in and week out sitting at zero and five uh trevor lawrence man enjoy your time while you're good right now because uh it's a, it's a damn shame his career might be going to waste with the new york jets yeah i mean um, i don't know if you saw that report um if the jets continue to struggle or sam donald continues to struggle they will and they end up with the number one pick they will at they will draft Trevor Lawrence. Again, this is a report. Um, try to trade Sam Darnold. I can't see them getting much value out of Sam Darnold anyway. Maybe a third-round pick. Um, he really hasn't proven anything. Uh, tough to do, granted, when Jamison Crowd is your number one option. Robbie Anderson, he's another, you know, Robbie Anderson. I mean, look what he's doing in Carolina. Shooting themselves in the foot for that. He's playing great in Carolina. So, I mean, there's not really much you can do. You got a Le'Veon Bell. It's kind of a skeleton of himself. He's never looked like he did. Uh, letting that with the in a Jets like with the Jets, he hasn't looked like he has or he had with Pittsburgh. So you got a shell of Le'Veon Bell. Jamison Crowder is your number one. There's not much bright spots there except for um, maybe um, what's what's the defensive tackle on the Jets? I'm blanking on his name. Snacks. The one that the, no snacks. He just got signed to a practice squad with. Uh, some team, no, 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 that snacks on the Giants. Is it with the brace? Quinton Williams. Quinton Williams. Williams. The only bright spot there, maybe, is that brace. Uh, Quinton Williams got his braces off. That's all the Jets are really looking at. Uh, those pearly whites. That's about it. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So my big takeaway from the whole Jets fiasco and them trying to shop 
or eventually shop Sam Darnold is. Where does this rank with the whole Adam Gase, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold train? Where is he amongst Josh Rosen? I mean, Josh Rosen's not really all fully on Adam Gase, to be fair. Josh Rosen lost his spot with the Cardinals before. Um, so I wouldn't say that. But there are plenty of plays. Uh, there are plenty of examples. And I mean, if you've listened to the show, you know Alex and I love to hammer the fact Adam Gase destroys players. Look at Devontae Parker or Ryan Tannehill. Those two are kind of my my biggest examples. Look at Devontae Parker now. Look at Ryan Tannehill. Off, obviously just got the bag last season from Tennessee Titans. So I don't think Josh Rosen is necessarily there because, you know, he lost his job with the Cardinals before, went to Miami. So I don't think that was really um, his day. And, you know, Josh Rosen didn't even have um, Adam Gase. Last it was last year, Josh Rosen was the uh, Dolphins. It was it was uh, Brian Flores anyway. But, I, I mean, bust-wise, Josh Rosen and Sam Donald looking both to be pretty bad busts. Um, in that in that boat, you can put them similar, but I think in the Adam Gase scheme of things, I think Sam Donald's definitely another victim. Yeah, Absolutely. another one. But I mean, he's had his his fair sh- fair share of chances. I mean, how many do you want to give him? He, they got him Blev Bell. They had Robbie Anderson. They had talented receivers. Chris Herndon has quieted down, but I mean, he was there for a little while. He's had if he could have stayed healthy. Yes, he's had weapons, but I mean, obviously getting hurt. I mean, not his fault. I mean. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, but we'll move on. Jets lose again 0-5 to the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we had the Steelers and the Eagles. Steelers move to 4-0, and and the Eagles move down to 1-3-1. Carlos Correa home run 3-1 Astros against the Rays there uh, for an update. drive deep to left field by Castellanos uh, to make it a 4 to nothing ball Hey, game. I, am a, I am a man of good faith, and there's a home run by Carlos Correa, but... <laughs> Anyway, Steelers go 4-0, 38-29. I mean, correct me here. Curtis Claypool? Chase. Chase Claypool. I can never get his that poor in the ice <laughs> name right. Franchise record, four touchdowns, four total touchdowns, seven receptions, 110 yards, three receiving touchdowns. Of course, had a rushing touchdown mix in there. Four touchdowns on the day. That can't make it any easier for Big Ben to uh, make it happen. Yeah, Pittsburgh starting off 4-0 for the first time since 1979. It's been a while for a franchise that's been consistently good for so long to be a 4-0 for the first time since 1979. Kind of surprising. You know, the only you know, I don't think this game was any surprise. I thought, you know, obviously we liked Pittsburgh on the minus seven. Uh, I don't think this was really a surprise that they were going to win by more than two possessions. But I am a little bit surprised that they let up 29 points to the Philadelphia Eagles. That is what surprised me a little bit. Obviously, their defensive unit, one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL right now. And they let the Eagles put up 29 points. A little interesting to me. But, I mean, uh, you know, you know, you're not going to be lights out. Every game, yeah. So to look at it that way, a win's a win. You're four and zero. Win's a win again. You got you got that uphill battle. You're gonna play thirteen now in a row for the regular season, whatever it may be for the playoffs. But hey, you keep winning. You're fighting for that that one spot. Chiefs already have a loss. Ravens already have a loss. Now I'm almost positive Pittsburgh's the only team still left undefeated in the AFC. Uh, yeah, you'd be right. You'd be absolutely right there. Uh, Miles Sanders with a big chunk, seventy-four yard touchdown. 
Travis Fogum going 10 receptions, 152 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, at what point is this Carson Wentz's fault? Because you've had some coaching errors in the beginning of the season here by Doug Peterson, obviously. Other than that, I mean, his whole wide receiving core has been hurt. How, where does the blame fall between the Eagles' defense, Carson Wentz, and Doug Peterson? You know, I the Eagles' defense has obviously been a problem for a while now. You know, Darius Slay, we were like, oh, maybe it helps out a little bit. Their defense still seems to struggle. As for Carson Wentz, you got it, right? His receivers have been really injured. They tried to help him out, give him Jalen Rigor, who obviously drafting Jalen Rigor. You know, they, they're expecting a lot out of him. Unfortunately, he goes down. I mean, he was hurt in training camp, then got played a game and a half, and then got hurt again. He's out. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, those two guys were older tail ends of their careers anyway. So I don't know how much help they're going to be. When you're throwing at Greg Ward, who has maybe like 600 yards total on his career, um, it's tough to blame Carson Wentz, but he still has Zach Ertz. He's got Miles Sanders as a good pass catcher. Boston Scott even showed last season that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So... They, Carson Wentz also has two – he had – I don't know if he still has the streak going. For the first three or four games of the season, he had consecu- uh, multiple turnovers in all three. So I don't know if that if that that trend's still going. But he's turned the ball over, and I'm going to say this. Had, had the Philadelphia Eagles stuck with Nick Foles instead of Carson Wentz, I think they are absolutely in a better spot than they are with Carson Wentz right now. The king of the hypotheticals sounds off once again. Uh, Wentz. I got another one for yes, you. Go ahead. Not now. Once we get on the Cowboys game, I got another. Ah, okay. I can see, probably see where that one's going. But uh, Carson Wentz, another two interception game. Uh, he did, however, get the big win last week against the 49ers, was held without. Wouldn't call it a big win, though, because they didn't have Jimmy. Actually, you know what, though? It's I a morale mean, win. The Dolphins. That was a morale win. Yeah. I mean, the first win of the season. Then the Dolphins. I mean,. Not to, not to kind of get ahead of ourselves, but they beat the Niners 43-17. to 17, So, was it really that big of a win? Because, you know, they had Nick Mullins, but that's besides the point. Pittsburgh 4-0, only undefeated AFC team left in the conference. So, we'll move on now to the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Washington football team. The Los Angeles Rams, another uh, touchdown and a hook favorite. Winning and covering, of course. Uh, cha-ching. Uh, too bad. Washington football team saw a carousel of quarterbacks coming in and out of this game. Alex Smith, comeback player of the year award, obviously, without a doubt. Uh, Jared Goff, fantastic game against a terrible defense. Rams moved to four and one, a sneaky four and one, I may add. Washington football team drops to one and four. Kyle Allen, Alex Smith getting some time. Not a whole lot of bright spots and stat numbers for the Redskins, of course. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God, you should crucify me for that as the host, even. They're the Washington football team, of course. But uh, <laughs> Jared Goff having a uh, quiet campaign as a top QB this year so far. Yeah, I mean, there's not, like you said, not many takeaways here, but I, I think you nailed that one. But Jared Goff and this Rams offense, they look good. They look really good. I mean, they Robert Woods had a big touchdown yesterday. This offense is looking – They I mean, they look like that offense that they had when they went to the Super Bowl and lost to New England. Not the, not the offense they had in the Super Bowl, obviously, putting up three points, but the season leading up to that Super Bowl, that offense was good. They're looking good. Jared Goff, he's playing well. 
Um, again, when you play the Washington football team, that is the football Yes, not team. the R-words, of course. <laughs> FKA the R-words. So when you play the Washington football team, whose defense or, I mean, really their whole team, not many bright spots, um, is a team you can beat up on. But LA looks good. And obviously the biggest takeaway from this game, Alex Smith returning to the field. And what a special. I moment. mean, that was... From, goosebumps. That's all that from where he was at, from where his leg looked like the day of his injury, I mean, oof. And uh, talking about talks of amputation, infection, how 17 surgeries, whatever it took, and to, for him to make that that step back onto the field with his family in attendance, his family giving him a standing ovation, a special moment. Certainly, certainly a special moment. But uh, Rams take this one 30 to 10. Four and one, sneaky four and one, I believe. Um, we'll move right into another game. I think we can skim by quickly here. Twenty-seven to three, the Ravens beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Bengals didn't get a chance really here. Uh, there was no secret. Ravens obviously defense actually showed up. I mean, their offense being the Cincinnati Bengals, not terrific. Joe Burrow certainly flashes of uh, hope in the previous weeks. Uh, not too many flashes of hope here. 183 yards and an interception, yeah. obviously only putting up three points on the board by from uh, Fat Randy, Randy Bullock, of course, didn't fake an injury to it, uh, last game uh, or against the Ravens today. But Ravens moved to four and one. Lamar Jackson, 180 yards, two touchdowns. I think the hype has kind of quieted down this year against the uh, the big trust. Whoop, whoop, uh, Mark Ingram, 11 carries, 67 yards. Yeah, he's on the flip side of 30. You know, they got J.T. J.K. Dobbins. Um, yeah, I mean, it's still early. We're, we're only five five weeks through as of Tuesday again. But, um, yeah, I think you're – I mean, there's, there's not really much to cover with this game. Not much of a surprise. I think the one big takeaway, if there is any, uh, Patrick Queen was the LSU, that's the LSU star that really showed up on Sunday, not Joe Burrow as uh, Patch Queen had a touchdown, and he also rocked Joe Burrow from behind, which I didn't know this, but apparently they weren't too fond of each other in that LSU hmm. So that must have felt pretty good for Patrick Queen to be able to hit somebody like that, to be able to hit your former quarterback who you didn't see eye to eye with because, you know, obviously Joe Burrow, you're not getting anywhere close to him in practice. So probably the first time he was able to lay a, a decent lick on him. So good for Patrick Queen, good for the first first-round draft pick there. So... I mean, if there's any really big takeaway, I mean, this game wasn't a surprise to any 27-3. I mean, maybe kind of surprising that the Bengals didn't put up any points or the Browns didn't put up 40. But that's I think the biggest surprise out of the LSU camp was them losing to Missouri. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, right. That's for our college recap, which will never happen, of course. Uh, way too many bigger <laughs> things on the plate here. Uh, Texans beat the Jaguars 30-14. to uh, Good for Houston. Romeo Cornell, oldest head coach um, in NFL history, gets the win. Um, I mean, they just, I mean, one thing that really, I mean, this is a team, obviously two one and four teams, two teams that, I mean, Texans have been such a disappointment. Maybe they start to turn things around with Bill O'Brien gone. I don't know if you saw this, though. Gardner Mitchell's father was stuck up way in the 300s. I don't know if you saw no, this. No, I didn't. Uncle Rico, take care of the old man. He, why is your father sitting up in the 300s? Maybe he wants the bird eye view, but I, hey, I mean, I know there's all the social distancing protocols and whatnot, but I'm pretty sure Uncle Rico could have made some moves to get his pops down to the 100 level 
Well, I don't know why he was sitting in the three hundreds, but that that's besides the point. Thirty or fourteen Texans win. Um, I mean, th- this game was one of the more boring ones in the slate. This was a big upset week. I don't think this was one, though. The Texans were only favored by five and a half points. They covered that one rather easily. So, ka-ching, as you said earlier. Uncle Rico putting up uh, some good numbers. I will never bet for him any anymore after the Thursday night fiasco we had against the Dolphins. Ever again. Ever 301 again. yards, two TDs, 31 for 49. Not a bad day for him. James Robinson, a rather fantasy letdown, 13 carries for only 48 yards and a fumble. Uh, Deshaun Watson, as always, putting on a show, 359 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, though, and a familiar face, Brandon Cooks, eight receptions for 161 yards and a touchdown. Not too bad there. Have a day, Absolutely. Brandon Cooks. So we'll get into, let's see what we got. Uh, I think this was kind of a surprise. Uh, I think this is a sniff-out fraud game of the week. The Indianapolis Colts falling to the Cleveland Browns by a score of 32 to 23. Indy going to 3 and 2. The Browns going to 4 and 1. I mean, wow. When do you think you nope. would have been saying that? Certainly wouldn't have. And you know what? I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. But the last two games, Baker and Odell and that whole Browns offense has seemed to have found themselves a little bit. And this is the kind of what everyone expected with the Cleveland Browns. Um, maybe it was Freddie Kitchens and Greg Greg Williams that was the problem. Now they got Stefanski. They're doing a lot better. This team, this is what people expected out of them. They're sitting at 4-1, and one, and I couldn't believe this was a pick I really couldn't. Um, I thought this was a, kind of a rather easy pick, and I'm shocked the Browns weren't favored at home against the Colts, and I think the Colts are getting too much credit, and uh, the people are giving them way too much than they deserve. So this was no, no surprise by me. Um, the Browns are looking good, and Baker had x-rays on his ribs last night. They came back negative, so all is well there. And, you know, they're still making things work without Nick Chubb, obviously, on IR. Kareem Hunt seems like, you know, I mean, not that he was ever – he was never cut for being a bad player. He was cut for being a bad person. So, Nick uh, Nick Chubb, I mean, why he's gone, Kareem Hunt can fill that gap. You know, I'm still not sold on the Browns just because of the sole fact they are the Browns. They are the paper champs of the 2010s. I mean, uh, for seriously, with all the hype they've had in the 2010 – Era, I mean, oof, they they are they they yeah, Manziel. money Manziel, Peyton Hillis yeah, on the Madden I mean, cover. Does it get any worse than that? But I, I still do not sell the Colts office frauds. No, I'm not saying they're frauds. I'm just saying they're getting a lot more credit than they deserve. Mm, I mean, yeah, they are sitting at three and two. The Browns are hot right now, so I mean, you, you kind of got to give that win away. But uh, I don't know. I, I just think they still – their defense is still good. I think they kind of ran into an offense that is clicking on all cylinders right now. I'm not trying to make excuses. I could really care less about the Indianapolis Colts. But, I mean, Phil Rivers having a, a down game, 243 <laughs> yards with two interceptions. Jonathan Taylor with a touchdown there. But I – I mean, I, and I, I think that's a big part in, in my disbelief for the Indianapolis Colts is who they've got under center. Obviously, with Phil Rivers under center – I've never been a Philip Rivers guy. Um, so, I mean, that, that also obviously ties in a little bit. But I just think they're getting a little more credit than they deserve. Though the AFC South, um, that's anyone's division. The t- Titan, I think the Titans get it. But, you know, who knows? I mean, and the, I obviously won't touch on the Titans. So I just want to say this real quick. It's going to be really interesting tomorrow 
for Tuesday football, first of all, which I don't think has ever happened. So Tuesday football is going to be interesting. But to see how the Titans come out and play after not being able to practice for almost two weeks. So let's see. I mean, football is that one sport, you know, game planning is everything. I mean, and let's see what it looks like. Let's see how teams come out and let's see how the Titans look. I think it's going to be really interesting, but I think the AFC South is anyone's division. So if you think the Colts are decent, you know, maybe, maybe we'll be yeah. seeing them in the playoffs. And I think we'll absolutely be seeing the Browns mm, in the playoffs. Okay. I'm, I mean, they, they are four and one. I mean, they do have that extra spot this year. But the Browns getting a victory, 32-23, to 23, rather convincing. or Well, it was kind of closer. I mean, they did hit the field goal, the garbage time field goal at the end. Uh, obviously, being, what, a six-point uh, six game or one-possession game. But either way, Browns do get the victory. So, we'll get into a rather close game here. Uh, the Cowboys defeating the Giants. By a score of 37-34, obviously, Cowboys hitting the walk-off field goal. Uh, why Joe Judge didn't take a timeout to ice the, I think it was Greg DeLeg, who nearly Greg missed the kick, yep. mind you, to win the game. Uh, they did have that They did have Barely that timeout. I don't know there. why they didn't just ice him for the hell of it. But, uh, obviously, biggest takeaway here, Dak Prescott. Who knows, man? That was that was. Brutal. Okay, and you know what? That was, that was awful. But can can I just backtrack a second? That is an all time call by Tony Romo. You gotta hope it's just a Tony. Cramp. Tony, Are you serious, dude. Are you I love serious? you, man, but that is not a cramp, sir. I, I I was that was a terrible injury, a gruesome injury, and prayers for Dak. I mean, this guy's seen it all. I mean, coming out with obviously coming out with the depression earlier this year. He lost his brother. And you know what? They, it's kind of a common consensus, consensus around the uh, NFL that Dak is one of the better guys in the game, uh, people-wise. And, I mean, obviously, we don't know Dak personally, but from what people say, I mean, he's a, he's a great guy. And, you know, every time, anytime you see that type of injury, injury it's, uh, it's tough, to, tough to watch. And, um He's out four to six months now. So this is where I want to kind of get into that. What I, my hypothetical kind of my what if, but here's my thing. Obviously Andy Dalton's going to start the rest of the way for the Dallas Cowboys for the foreseeable future, at least for the rest of the season. Hopefully Dak Prescott will be good to go next year. Now, last night, Tony Dungy on football night in America called this a blessing in disguise. I wouldn't call this a blessing in disguise. Maybe I'd say, to look on the bright side of things or something like that. I wouldn't necessarily call this a blessing in disguise considering the dude's ankle was poking out of the skin. So, I mean, I wouldn't call it that. And this is obviously a big loss to Dallas Cowboys. But Tony Dungy said that they can kind of find their former identity. You know, they can kind of just feed Zeke, control the ball, take the time, take the pressure off that defense and control the time of possession especially with a, a poor defense. I mean, ranked 32nd in the league, letting the Giants score 34 points on you, a team that had three touchdowns going into the week. So, you're looking at that. I mean, yes, you get back to controlling the clock, the clock. So, I agree with that. And here's my big thing. If Andy Dalton with, can get the Cowboys into the playoffs with eight, nine, ten wins, any of those, win a game in the playoffs, it's going to be interesting. It's, if Andy Dalton plays well, it's going to be interesting to see what the Cowboys do at quarterback next season. Obviously, it's a big deal that Dak Prescott was under the franchise tag. 
They don't have him locked up for next year. You know, and another thing is, obviously, Boston Celtics fans, us, we know it as good as everyone. Gordon Hayward hasn't been the same since his injury. Jerry Jones, he didn't want to give Dak Prescott that money that he was asking for. I mean, he wanted a Patrick Mahomes-like contract, and he was trying to get it. Obviously, didn't sign for the tag. So now he's not too tied to the Cowboys for next season. The, so if Andy Dalton plays well, gets him in a playoff, maybe wins a playoff game, who are they going to go with that quarterback? Could we see Andy Dalton take over the reins? Ah, <laughs> I mean, people forget that Andy Dalton was literally Mr. Consistency. He got the Bengals into the playoffs for five People forget years. That. I mean, he was not. They, you know, they just think of right. recent Marvin Lewis, like last couple losing years. He was still consistent. He he was he He's was still one of the better mediocre. quarterbacks in the league. And and think about his weapons then. You know, it was AJ Green who was always, always hurt. hurt. Tyler Eifert, another guy who was always hurt. Now you're looking at Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Gallup. Now he's got people to throw to. So, and again, you know what? I I hate like the Cowboys owe it to Dak Prescott, obviously. I mean, I, I hope nothing but the best for Dak Prescott. But if you're the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, Andy Dalton obviously be the cheaper option. If, if And if they get him, if he gets him into the playoffs, which shouldn't be hard in the NFC East, obviously they're still in first place with a two and three record. That shouldn't be hard because no matter who wins, no matter what, whoever wins the NFC East gets into the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, obviously, if he can get them in and win, I think they might roll with Andy Dalton. He'd be a lot cheaper, and they wouldn't have to worry about about his injury. I mean, obviously, he doesn't have one. So it's going to be interesting, and I, I hope nothing but the best for Dak. But I, I thought that Well, you have to think, thought. too, and this is my last point before we move on. What does this mean for Dak Prescott's value on the open market? Can Dallas salvage Absolutely. a little – hometown deal because it's obvious he's not just going to get paid right away after such a monumental injury like this. I mean, it's no secret. So what, what does this mean for him nope. in the open market? Is he going to have to take a year or two deal with the Cowboys or a stay at home price to, you know, reevaluate, try and work his way back into that spot? What, what is going to happen? That is the, that, that is the bigger problem, not for the Dallas Cowboys, but for Dak Prescott. And and another thing is is this for the whole NFL in general. I mean, the franchise tag, I mean, especially if you're a quarterback or a receiver or, or, or a skill player of any sort, you're now kind of going to be reluctant to sign that franchise tag. Let's see what happens with the Dak Prescott situation. We'll see what happens with him next year. But you got to imagine now, players seeing this, players are going to be kind of reluctant to sign that franchise tag because you don't, you know, you're not tied to the, the team for next year so yeah they might like it because they get a decent amount of money for that year but god forbid they get an injury like Dak I mean they're gonna I, I would assume that this kind of changes players outlooks on the franchise tag and I just feel terrible for Dak Prescott you know he was fighting for that for that money was was the whole season was playing like he deserved it and now obviously this happened so I hope nothing but the best but man it, it, you know what this is this is going to have a lot of – it's going to have a domino Speaking effect. Speaking we'll of happens. domino effect at the quarterback position, the Miami Dolphins, they are not the problem at quarterback. 43-17 beat the San Francisco 49ers, former Super Bowl finalists. 
big takeaway here. I love the uh, term big takeaway today. Jimmy Garoppolo bench at halftime coach's decision. With a 15 passer rating, 15.2. I mean, I I don't even really know what to say. I mean, you know, yeah, the defense is banged up, but you let Ryan Fitzpatrick go into into Levi Stadium, into your home stadium, drop 43 on your head. And Jimmy Garoppolo obviously couldn't get anything going. Uh, Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo was rushed back a little bit, but I don't know. I mean, C.J. Beathard comes in. C.J. Beathard um, replaced Nick Mullins last week on Sunday Night Football. I do, I do think Jimmy G just lost his job. I don't think so. I think this was kind of like, all right. I think he. I think he got rushed back because I mean, yeah, that was, that was not a good showing. Uh, I think it's more of a reset, kind of like, hey, buddy, we'll get to it next week, kind of deal. Can't just all that money right. sit on the table. You I can't mean, just give up time, now. I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of time, especially against a team like the Miami Dolphins, who aren't the strongest opponent. You have plenty of time at the half. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Um, I mean, let's see. I, I, I find it hard to believe that they let that hundred and whatever million dollar contract just ride out on the bench. Nope. Uh, especially for a guy who brought them to the playoffs, like uh, the Super Bowl last year. Granted. He threw like twelve passes in the NFC Championship game. That's besides the point. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think he lost his job. I think, like you said, that's kind of like, oh, we'll get him next week. Let's just throw in the towel to the Miami Dolphins. You're uh, you're lucky there was no fans in Levi Stadium because uh, yeah, it could have been real bad. But uh, we'll kind of excel to our last couple games here. Another game of the year candidate, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, will definitely win. Game of the year and one number one and two, beating the Minnesota Vikings in the final seconds of the game. Once again, Seattle. I don't know what it is with them. The whole Seattle Washington aura that the Sunday night football game has to come down to the last couple seconds. Uh, they win on a pass to DK Metcalf. Russell Wilson quieted down a little this game. Two hundred seventeen yards, still three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Seattle goes to five and zero, still undefeated. Minnesota, disappointingly, goes to one and four. Played a very strong game. Obviously, couldn't just hold up at the end. DK Metcalf turning into a star. I mean, over the past couple of weeks, uh, Dalvin. He's got all the tools. Dalvin Cook going down uh, right after the half. Uh, Minnesota didn't find their way back after that. Seattle climbed back into the game. Uh, a lot, of th- a lot of moving parts in this game. Very good game. Very entertaining to watch. Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson getting it done. Seattle 5-0. and They're a tough contender, that's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, their defense is kind of a – is what's going to worry me, though. I mean, their defense really hasn't proven themselves. they got a banged-up secondary. Obviously, you know, they've let up a lot of points the last couple weeks. But uh, the Seattle Seahawks find ways to win games. And, you know, they were down – two possessions at one point to the Vikings last night. Obviously came and won it. Russell Wilson proving why he should get one MVP vote, just one. I think this year, like we've been saying, he wins MVP the award outright. But, um, I mean, he, he's shown he deserves it. Fourth and t- uh, fourth and goal, he finds DK Met- Metcalf with, what, 30-something seconds and uh, close to the time expiring. Uh, the only problem I have is he comp- compared himself to Sue Bird in the clutch. I mean, that's kind of a weird... Um, analogy, but I don't know. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little lost on that one. But anyways, uh, one takeaway from Minnesota, uh, Dalvin Cook presumably going to be missing some time this week at least with what looks like a leg or groin injury. Uh, you know, still had two touchdowns close to 80 yards rushing, touching the ball a lot uh, last night. But they got a guy on Alex Madison, 20 carries for 112 yards. Do you have faith faith in him if Cook misses time here? I mean, I, he's he's filled in a couple games or when Cook's gone down or when the Cook's gotten rest. He hasn't looked terrible, and the Vikings can run the ball. Um, they're, they're strong up front. They can run the ball. I wouldn't trust him as much as I trust Dalvin Cook, but I, I would I would have a little bit of faith in him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's sad to say for me being a Dalvin Cook fantasy owner, he's been lights out the whole year. Uh, hopefully it's not a lingering thing or hopefully he's only out a week or so where we can uh, reevaluate after then. But the Vikings, I feel like, have just been in the worst luck this year. Right. And, you know, now I don't know if I'm jumping the gun a little bit or, I mean, sitting at one and four, if they don't turn around, is Mike Zimmer's job in jeopardy? I mean... I don't know. I don't know if you can put him in that same category because. Or is he kind of like Eric Spolstra? You know, when the team's struggling, you don't really point it at him. I don't know. But uh, sitting at one and four, I don't know if that if he starts to get a little more attention drawn his way. Um, obviously, a disappointing start to the season for a team that added Unique and Gawkway, uh, lost Adam, Th- I'm not, uh, Stephon Diggs, I'm sorry. But um, I don't know. Just kind of something to throw out there. Sitting at one and four, always kind of think about it. Still plenty of time to turn around, but they are like again. I mean, they play the Bears again, so still plenty of time to turn around. But just saying, I mean, if they don't, maybe we see uh, Mike Zimmer start getting a little more attention. But I don't know. I mean, the one big decision from him overall just uh, just was that field goal going forward on fourth and one and missing. Uh, that's just about it. As storybook as I, I don't fault that. And I don't really fault that decision. You know, they, if, yeah, if, they, you kick, if you kick the field goal, it makes it an eight-point game. Um, so the Seattle would have had to get the two-point conversion, obviously. But you don't want to give MVP candidate Russell Wilson the ball that period. You want to try and win the game. You're fourth and one. I mean, you got one yard to go, and you've been moving the ball effectively all night. Why not just go for it? You know, you don't want to give Russell Wilson a chance to get the ball back in a one-possession game, even if it's eight points. You never want to give them that, that opportunity. So I don't fault the decision whatsoever. And I think they were going for the win. Obviously didn't quite get it. Because um, there's a home run for the temporary raise to make it a four to one ball good. game. Not good at all. But I don't I don't hate that decision by um by Zimmer to go for the fourth and one. Um I actually agree with it. Like again, I wouldn't want to give Russell Wilson the ball either. No, and I mean all the statistics pretty much set them up to go for it so I mean there's really no right. faulting him I think Mike Zimmer's got some time left we'll have to see I mean their offense is still completely there there's no lull there for sure but we'll have to wait and see and uh, speaking of a lull speaking of bad luck the Oakland Raiders go into Kansas City and upset the Super Bowl defending Super Bowl champions by a score of 40 to 32 a game that you and I both had a lot of money riding on. Probably. Oh, probably how about over. The, did you purposely save yeah, this game? Of for the course last... I did. I mean, this is the one that okay. has largely affected the both of us. 
Absolutely. It killed us. Literally killed us. Do you want to go ahead and tell you tell them your uh your 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 uh heartbreaking story? I, I was set to win over nine hundred dollars cash, which some of you may be a little, some of you may be a lot. Obviously, nine hundred dollars is nine hundred dollars, but uh, all I needed at that point was the Kansas City Chiefs to win outright. Minus seven hundred money line favorite. All I needed them to do was win, and they lost. Nine hundred plus dollars down the tubes. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that. Yeah, and that same thing kind of happened to me. I, I didn't have uh, $900 to win. I was looking at more like 400 a little more modest. Uh, again, minus 700 odds. Kansas City can't lose to the Raiders at home. No way. No way. Oh, sure enough, they did. Minus 700 odds. There goes my $400. There goes your possible 900 So, I didn't want to talk about this game. Me either. I, I, it gives me PTSD. Uh, moving on, Mahomes wasn't himself. Um, the over hits by a mile, obviously, with 72 points being scored. I think the over might have hit in the first half, to be honest. Uh, but, wow, minus 700, I don't think I'll ever do it again. I will never take a team over over f- 450 on the money lines ever again. I learned my But, lesson. again, mistakes made. Uh, Kansas City, obviously, Mahomes throwing the interception with uh, – under, I, I can't remember when, but it was definitely the second half of the fourth quarter that he threw a crucial interception. I think like five, six minutes he threw it late, later in the fourth. He's human. He sure is. He He's sure human. is. But uh, obviously they take – Raiders take that uh, pick to the two. They score. Kansas City gets the ball back and scores. Obviously – well, I mean, obviously if you watch, but uh, it comes down to a fourth down conversion for John Gruden. Raiders get it. They seal the deal. Tough game all around. And you know, I knew it was. Uh, I knew it was over when I saw Josh Jacobs running off, scoring the touchdown. We gotta shock the world. We gotta... I was like, oh no. Oh, yeah, that no. was it. But anyway, uh, and I ripped my tickets, and we threw it in the draw of despair. Despair, as gone. Call it gone, gone. Anyway, hopefully here we can be a little more fruitful with our Monday night and uh, extra. Tuesday night pick. Uh, of course, we have the New Orleans Saints coming in, playing against the LA Chargers. Michael Thomas is out again. Uh, yeah, disciplinary issue. The Saints need a win here, and no secret. But we are zero one picking against picking for the New Orleans Saints on Monday night. I think we're going to have better luck. I think so too, and I think I like them on the the. Lines minus seven. I like it on the minus six. By the point, make it minus six. And I think this game goes over forty-eight points tonight. Uh, I think Drew Brees at home. Some fans in the in the Metro Dome. Mercedes. Mercedes. Mercedes Mercedes Benz Superdome. Uh, Some fans in the Mercedes Benz Superdome. Um, Drew Brees. They obviously haven't showed up like they used to, or they they're having the past um, in the regular season. So I think this game goes over, and I think the Saints cover the score, uh, the spread. I'm sorry. I'm going to go same as you. I'll take the Saints seven points, though, not six. I don't have to buy them, but we'll have to see, depending on what the Tampa Bay Rays do, of course. But uh, we have an extra Tuesday game. Bills-Titans move from the 11th, obviously that being Sunday. Bills, three-and-a-half-point favorites. 
Titans coming with a monumental amount of COVID tests positive. Uh, obviously, one less game played than everybody else. Buffalo. And I, I do want to correct myself for something I said earlier in the show and that we both agreed. This is a battle of two unbeaten AFC teams, the Buffalo That's Bills true. and the Titans, 4-0 and 3-0, and respectively. So I do want to correct I do want to correct ourselves real quick. So there must be only three guessing. That would be yeah, three. I don't yes. know anyone else. Not so there must be only three. So three. Just one to correct myself. Two plus Go one ahead. would in fact equal three. Uh whole consensus is uh Buffalo. Tennessee, obviously. I personally think they can shock the world, but I can't pick against my Buffalo Bills because nobody circles the wagons. Thank you. Like yeah, I'll Buffalo take the Bills. Bills. I'll take them points. I'm not sure, too sure about yeah. that line with everything going on, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Titans win, but the Bills are my pick. I think the Bills win, and I think this is a lock. Like I said, uh, you know, they haven't practiced in almost two weeks. Um, they were holding, like, secret practices, and that was that was got out, and I don't know if there was any disciplinary action with that. Uh, I just, I think football's that kind of a different sport. You know, you can't go two weeks without practicing game plan. It's all about game planning. You know, it's it's different offenses and all that. There's so much, so much different stuff you can see in football. It's, it's so much different. Um, So I think Buffalo wins, uh, Buffalo Bills win. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, I think they cover the spread as for the over under. I'm not sure. Um, Tennessee still could put up points. Obviously Buffalo puts up a lot of points. I'm not even too sure what it is. The line for this just three and a half. Bills three and a half. You happen to have I know the three and a, I'll take the three and a half on that one. Fifty-three. Did you get that one? Fifty. Ooh, that's yeah, kind of high. For a team that hasn't played in a week and a half. I, I'm going to lean on. I'm going to lead under for a team that hasn't played in a week and a half. You're absolutely right. And both defenses that aren't terrible. Uh, these are good defenses. So I'm going to go with the under, and I'm going to go with the Bills. Mind you, Bills are only minus one eighty favorites on the money line. So, yeah, yeah. That's, wow. I mean, Vegas. Vegas knows Vegas something knows, that we Vegas don't. knows something. They know something. They know something. Hey, and we're going to keep this. Hey, for anyone, anyone still listening, I mean, whether you're listening to it Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever you're listening to this, Vegas knows something. Don't be surprised if the Tennessee Titans win this game now. If I, Vegas put the line that close, they know something we Sure don't. do. But anyways, long slate of the through the NBA Finals, MLB coming up. Tuesday night recap, hopefully, hopefully, but uh, Justin, appreciate it. If you would uh, plug the red line socials and of course your own. Yeah, go ahead and follow uh, the red line page on Instagram at redline sports, six one seven and on Twitter at redline sports six. And uh, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram at justin.turpin. I'll go ahead and plug. Of your course socials. you can follow me on Instagram, Alex Jaworski <laughs> underscore. Uh, we'll keep it at that. We'll keep it at the red line. Try to go boost the red line brand, the, the red line, uh, you know, the brand, as they say. That's basically it. And uh, we will talk to you all, hopefully, Wednesday, recapping uh, a couple days of football, previewing some baseball, and uh, seeing what we can do future-wise as we uh, come into the next chapter of the uh, podcast life, so to say. When we, as we are soon yes, to be in the studio. Hopefully, hopefully sooner. So exciting, exciting sooner rather than later. We will be in a studio 
exciting news for us. No excuses when we're living together to uh, not pump out shows left and right. And so we'll leave it at that. And as you said, we'll be back. Yes, sir. We'll see you all soon. Take care. Be safe. Wash those hands. And remember, over the nose and the mouth.